Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I have to open my mouth in the marketplace. That's why you know that usually every week, I'll go to either Starbucks or McDonald's and sit there and have a coffee at certain times of day and just try to see if people come and interact. Just see what's happening there. And then you can just go on up. They can't believe in somebody if they've never heard about Jesus Christ. You see, in our country, they've never heard. They're clueless. They don't know. And they can't call on him to save them if they don't know that they can be saved. Do you have trouble talking to your family or friends about Jesus and salvation? If you do, you're not alone. Only about one-third of Christians who know about their part in fulfilling the Great Commission actually follow through with this job. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance of every Christ follower who wants to be growing, maturing Christian, to be involved in telling others about Jesus. You'll have an opportunity to learn the steps in sharing about Christ. Pastor Mark will try to help demystify this aspect of becoming a disciple maker. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 15 as he continues his message, Spiritual Fruit Equals Generous. So what's happening to our world? Satan is what? Blinding more and more people's eyes to the truth of the gospel. So here's what we're going to say when we see this. Well, Pastor Mark, this is impossible then. We can't be bold with our faith. These people don't believe. Every fifth person doesn't even interest it. Well, let's just go back 2,000 years ago. Ready? Jesus was here. Paul was here. What did their world look like in those days? Well, for Jesus' time, in Jerusalem, in Israel, what was the big religion? Hello? This is not a difficult question. What was the big religion? Judaism. They were Jews. How was the success of the Judaism going on in that time? It was terrible. It was a dead end. People didn't, they called themselves Jews, just secular. They weren't interested in anything because it was a total dead end. All right, the other majority people in Israel during the early church, what were they? They were Romans. What were Romans? Believed in lots of gods. They were pagan. They worshiped idols. They worshiped Zeus. They worshiped all kinds of things. By the way, let me just say this to you. I believe that the people in Jesus' time were worse off than the people in our time. But what happened with 120 people in the early church. 120 people outside was dead Judaism and all pagans. Within 30 years, they turned their world upside down. Well, how'd they do that? By sharing their faith 
with the power of God. See, sometimes we're going to go like this. Well, I'm not going to plant seed anymore. It's, it's useless. I'm just not going to plant it. No, that's not right. That is the wrong attitude. We need to know how people are thinking because that can help us a lot, understand how to do it, but we have to keep being bold and sharing the gospel. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 9. Let's look at the heart of Jesus. Now, remember, if you're a Christ follower, we're going to learn to minister like Jesus. What did Jesus say when he came? I came to seek and save that which is lost. Doesn't matter what category they're in. They were simply lost. Now get down to verse 35. And Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues. So he's right out in the middle of whatever. Preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He didn't look at the crowds and go, this is useless There's no use me even saying anything. No, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, notice first, where was Jesus? Where the lost were. He was in the marketplace of life. Now, why would Jesus say, When he looked out at the dead religion here and the pagans, why would he say they're ready, they're ripe for conversion? Why would he say that? They wouldn't agree with that. Here's why. Because God has put in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl a knowledge that there is a God. And they can't do life without God. We know that from the book of Genesis. And we know it from the book of Romans where Paul says, by nature... As man looks up to the sky, and from inside his own conscience, he knows there is a God. But as you go on in Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that they have turned that truth away. They blinded their eyes to the truth and substituted themselves as gods. But see, that doesn't eliminate. They know down inside there's a God. Recently, in one of our services, a person came who said, I've never believed in God. But somehow, in this service, somebody spoke to me. Hello. Who was that? It was God. That individual became a Christian that night. You see, you would say, that's impossible. No, it's not impossible. She knew it all the time, but had been blinded to it. So notice, Jesus is in the marketplace, and he says to us something interesting. He said, these people need to be touched. We need to be around them, but they need to be hearing the gospel. So he preached to them. I want you to write this statement down because it's no different today. Jesus said to his disciples, there's a big problem. There's too many people that need to hear and too few people sharing. So here's what you want to write. Lack of fruit. There's a lack of fruit. In Jesus' day, it's the same here, 2,000 years later. Not enough Christ followers sharing the good news, making God known. Now, understand that same problem, we see it so clearly. Let me explain this to you. It's not that there's not enough Christ followers. It's that the majority of Christ followers never share the gospel. 
So it's not because there's not enough Christ followers. Let me give you the latest statistic. A recent study found 80% of those who attend church only once a month. So this isn't even guys like you that come two, three, four times a month. 80% of those who attend church once a month believe they have a responsibility to share their faith. 80% of them know that they have a responsibility. And they ask him, do you feel they have a responsibility? Yes, 80%. Eight out of 10 said, I absolutely have a responsibility. And then they ask him, in the last six months, how many of you have shared and have not shared? 61% of those 80% had not shared anything with anyone the last six months. Do you understand what I just said to you? 80% of you today go, well, I know we should share. Well, have you shared? 60% of you have not shared one time, one word, one ounce of truth with the unbelievers. Is that exactly what Jesus just said to us? Yes. The fields are white, but there's not people sharing. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Here's what I want you to write. It's a funny statement in a way. It's kind of a play on words. The majority of disciples in our churches today, are nuns. They rarely share their faith. They have all these beliefs, but they don't ever follow through with it. There's nothing really happening. And because of that, people are waiting to hear the good news. We have it available, but it's not being shared. Why don't we share? Number one, is it because we would say we have no time? One individual said, I have no time, and I really don't care. This is a Christian in our church. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? I don't care. Number two, is it because of fear? Man, I don't know what those 20%, those nuns that don't believe, how in the world, what am I going to say to them? Or number three, is it because you don't know how to share the faith? You don't know what steps to take. Is there anything the leadership, the pastors could do to help you be more well, intentional in sharing your faith. Now, let me ask you a question, and you can just uh, raise your hand quickly. How many of you feel that the majority of the problem in the church of not sharing is because people really don't have time? Let me, let me see your hands. They, they just don't have time. See, you, there's like one person. You know better than answer that right now, because I'll come get you right away. <laughs> because we're supposed to be generous with our what? Our time. How many feel it's because of fear of what kind of questions would be asked by the other people? Let me see your hands. Okay, good. And how many think it's because you really aren't comfortable knowing how to to share your faith? Let me see. Okay, good. That gives me a little idea. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10, if you will. Romans chapter 10. By the way, you're getting to enjoy this, aren't you? Say amen. Anybody meet somebody nice this morning? Good. If it was your wife in that circle, say amen. I definitely did. I definitely did. Okay. Romans. Romans. Paul tells us this amazing kind of, well, it's a cascade of things. Verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What an amazing promise. Then he brings up the problem. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them or preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they think they're sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet who bring good news. Look at the sequence. You actually start from the bottom up. This is passage simply that tells us, Paul's using it, how we reach the world. First, you have to realize that you're sent. Every Christ follower sent. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not a matter of what. And here's what many Christians say. Well, I'm not sent. The pastor's sent. The elders are sent. No, 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 you're sent. And notice how beautiful are the feet of those who bring. I have to take my feet and go somewhere. But it's not just that. See, lots of people say, okay, Pastor Mark, I'm in the marketplace with my feet. Hello, feet don't talk. Well, sometimes they talk, but it's not what you want to hear. So I have to then what? I have to open my mouth in the marketplace. That's why you know that usually every week I'll go to either Starbucks or McDonald's and sit there and have a coffee at certain times of day and just try to see if people come and interact. Just see what's happening there. And then you can just go on up. They can't believe in somebody if they've never heard about Jesus Christ. You say, in our country, they've never heard? They're clueless. They don't know. And they can't call on him to save them if they don't know that they can be saved. But the scripture we started with, every single one of them can be saved. So we have to speak up. We have to get in conversations about life and God. We have to share the good news. What is the good news? That the only way to forgiveness in heaven is Jesus. It's not complicated. Now, here's the last thing I want you to write in this category. So let's, that's why very few of you raised your hand, let's be generous with our time. In other words, use it wisely. The three priorities in life are God, people, and the use of our time. So let's be generous with our time and share the gospel with the lost. So you begin thinking about that this week. Get sticky with that fruit, the fruit of bold witness to our world. Now, the next fruit is this one. You can write it. Here's the next one we're going to unpack. It's generous giving, and that means Paul wrote in Romans and many other passages through the scripture about our finances, our tithes, our offerings, and our possessions. He wrote a lot in Corinthians, which will be there. Now, here's what you need to understand. Most people outside the church don't know anything about what God says about money and possessions. If you've been going to church for a while, you know what God says about money. By the way, Jesus talked about money way more than he talked about any other subject. Why? Because money is powerful. It just has a way of grabbing us. Now, here's the problem. Even though most Christ followers know what God says about money, they don't believe it, and they don't practice it. 2.8% is what they give of their money. Well, how can that be? Let's take a look. I'm going to give you five principles. You're going to love them. Number one, God owns everything we have. If you begin to understand these five principles, it'll change your whole outlook on life. God owns everything we have. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So God simply owns what you have, what you are, and we're his managers. Here's number two. God holds each Christ follower, responsible 
to manage not your resources. By the way, your time is God's. We talked about that with your breath. We're responsible here in Melbourne and Vera to manage his resources. We're to be good managers because one day I'm going to give an account of how I use my time and my talents and my possessions and my abilities. I'm going to give an answer to that. Now, if you look around at our campus today, what kind of resources has God given us that we have to manage here at our campuses? Well, right here in Melbourne and Vieira, we have beautiful church buildings. In Sebastian, we rent a great school that has a thousand seats. We have parking lots and radio programs, an incredible website, live webcasting. Lots of you are enjoying it right now. School of ministry, benevolence ministry, missionaries around the world, pastors and staff at all of our campuses that will take care of you and your children from birth all the way to the grave. All of that's happened. We have all these resources. Now, how did these resources happen at our places of worship? How did they happen? Let me explain to you how it works. Some of you probably don't know how it works. So it's very clear how it works. How did we get all this stuff? And how do we keep it going? Here's how it works. The pastors and the elders go to their individual campus every single Monday morning. And we pray on that campus. So the pastors and the elders that are here go here and Vera and Sebastian. And we pray every Monday morning, about 5.30 in the morning, we pray. And after we pray, we just look up to heaven and God sends all the money right down to us in our hands of how we operate for the rest of the week. You got to come some Monday. It's fantastic. It's terrific. Just show up at 5.30 in the morning and you watch the elders going, thank you, Lord. And here it comes, man. And we just bring it in and put it in the offering. Maybe not. You might be new to this church and go, wow, that's fantastic. Relax, relax. Well, how does God provide all our resources? Well, here's number three. God's work on earth is accomplished by generous giving Christ followers. Now, I'm going to teach you a principle. If you'll see it and understand it, it will change your life forever. I'm going to ask Ken to come up. And uh, as Ken comes up, I'm going to tell you uh, the two players this morning, okay? I'm going to be God. <laughs> I can be God because I'm the pastor. <laughs> and Ken is going to be you. Ken is going to be you. Now, let me ask you a question. Do we have a generous God? Yes, yes we do. So here's a $100 bill. And God gives this to Ken. Now, Ken, whose money is that? It's God's. Boy, he didn't even have to, because I told him to say that. <laughs> Some of you would go, uh, that's mine. No, it isn't. So, Ken is given $100 by God to him. By the way, that's what your paycheck looks like. He said, no, 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 God doesn't give me my paycheck. Hello. Does he? Yes, he does. The scripture says God gives us the ability to get wealth. Oh, no, it's because I'm a great investor. Really? How have you done the last few years? So what does God want now from Ken? Can you tell me what God wants from Ken? He wants how much back? $10 back. He wants $10 back. 
Now, can you get that deal anywhere? Can you go anywhere? Can you go into a store and get the deal that I just showed you? No, you cannot. So all God wants back from the start is what? Ten. How much does Ken have now? What's, what's he supposed to do with that? Use it for him, his family, ministry, giving, and be generous with that. If he does that, what does God do again? I'm not rich, so I don't have another $100 bill, but he'll, he'll give it to him, right? Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. Give Ken a hand. Now, let me ask you a question. Does that make sense to you? Can you see how generous God is? You say, Pastor Mark, what was that that you just did? What do you call that? Well, here's what you call it. Take a look. Write it down. New way to define it. What is tithing? Tithing is 10%. 10% of 100 is 10 bucks. Tithing. Notice, not giving to God, returning to God. Returning 10% of God's money back to him. Leviticus 27 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. God has given us a way so that you and I can be generous with the world. And it's never about you and I getting it and keeping it. Pastor Mark, where do I give this tithe? The scripture says you give it to where you're being spiritually fed. Where are you being fed? In CCM and all of our campuses. That's where we give it. Now, here's another question. Turn to Matthew 6, 24. Pastor Mark, why do so few Christians actually tithe? In other words, the giving of Christians is about 2.8% is what they give. Why not 10%? And by the way, that figure is just this year. It's really never gone above 3%. Why is that giving like that? Well, here's why. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So why do so few Christians only give about 3%? instead of at least starting with 10, which, by the way, there's more than that. There's offerings and alms. But just in the tithing area, this is why. Because most Christ followers think the money is their money. They never relate it that God gave them that money, and it's his money. So here's what I want you to write today, and I think it will be clear to you. Most Christ followers, the reason they're not generous the reason they're stingy is because they don't believe what they have in their hand comes from God. It's theirs, and they can do what they want with it. So most Christ followers are actually controlled by their money. The church isn't the building. It's the people who still worship Jesus and praise his name despite whatever obstacles stand in their way. Today, we want to invite you as the extended Church of Jesus to join us virtually for our weekend worship services. Pastor Mark and Calvary Chapel Melbourne are continuing to meet online during this time, and you can be a part of our services. Visit calvaryccm.com live to watch on our website or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. Just search for Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Our services will take place at 6 p.m. on Saturdays and again on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45. For more information or to find links to our stream, visit calvaryccm.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Mark's teachings from this series and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We also have devotions available under the Connect tab, and you can visit our social media pages as well. All this can be found at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask that you continue to pray for our country and for those around the world who are suffering during this pandemic. Please lift them up to the Lord and pray that His name would be magnified in every corner of the earth. Please pray for our leaders as well and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons for Living. in a hurry.